Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Good to have you with us. Appreciate you being here. Good to have uh, Jimmy and Rosie's family in with us. And uh, maybe they can get Jimmy straightened out. You notice that uh, after he was kind of rough on Rosie and she got all bruised up and broke her hand and everything, they come in straighten him out now. Amen. <laughs> but, Matthew chapter 8. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Very familiar portion of Scripture. We're going to be re begin reading verse 23 down through verse 27. So when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye so why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this that even the winds of the sea obey him? Back in verse 26. It says, And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. We find here a, a lesson for all of us. We're living in some days when it's going to take some faith. Some faith in the Lord. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Faith Needed in Our Day. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you asking that you meet with us. Lord, I pray that you would be with the rich arts. Lord, I pray that you just comfort them, strengthen them, Lord, with our hearts and go out to them. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Lord, there's different needs. And Lord, even, even as uh, Janessa told me of J.C. And, and, and he's pass, getting close to passing, Lord, be with him and the family. Lord, encourage them, strengthen them, Lord. Help them to pull together, not be fragmented. And Lord, I pray that you watch over them. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would strengthen each of us to walk after you, Lord. We see some, some trying times and we are going to see some more. But... There's nothing that our Lord can't take care of. And Lord, now I pray that you'd be with us tonight. Bless. May you get the honor and glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We find uh, at different times as you go through the Scripture that the Lord Jesus, He rebukes the disciples because of their little faith. Not because they didn't have any faith but because the faith that they had was little because of their doubts and their struggles that they had. Here in this portion of Scripture, he points out a, uh, their little faith, uh, which caused them to be fearful of the storm on the sea. Another time, he scolds them for their lack of faith in the Lord to provide their needs. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, he says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He said, you're worried about all your needs. He said, don't you realize that God cares about everything that, about your life? He said, if he, can clothe the, you know, if he can clothe the grass of the field, he can take care of your needs. He can take care of your clothing and all that you want and desires that you have there. Again, he points out Peter's little faith as he begins to sink in the water and as he had asked to walk on the water to the Lord Jesus. And as long as he had his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he walked to him. But when he took his eyes off the Lord, he began to sink. 
He rebukes him there a little bit. He says in, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, says, Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? He said, What did you doubt for? And then he scolds the disciples for their little faith, which caused them to be powerless to cast out the demons in the little boy that was brought to them by his father. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And he scolds them, you might say, for their small faith, their little faith. They limited Jesus' mighty works by their, by their little faith. In Matthew 13, 58, he says, And he did not many works there because of their unbelief. Talking about the people as, they, as he come into the city and the other places, and they didn't have enough faith for him to, to follow through and do great works there. You see, one of the things that affects our lives greatly is our faith or our little faith or lack of faith in the Lord. We're living day and time. There's going to be a great need of faith. I was looking at some different thoughts and different ones who had wrote about faith a little bit. There's one that, that, uh, that they found as some lines written on, on a prison wall in a concentration camp during World War II. And this is what the man wrote. He said, I believe in the Son even when it's not shining. I believe in, the, in love, even, though, even when I feel it not. He said, I believe in God, even when He is silent. He said, I believe. The faith which glorifies God, he, he, he exclaims, in the midst of the storm. And many times we don't realize that in the midst of the storm, that's when you need the faith the most. And many times we think, well, I want faith. Well, are you going to be willing to trust the Lord? Are you going to trust the Lord? Lord, help my faith to grow. Help it to increase. Well, get ready because you're going to be put in a position where you're going to need that faith for it to increase. You see, there's no reason to give you faith if you're not going to exercise it. And what is needed today in our lives as Christians is that we need to begin to exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that this world is amazed and astounded that we could trust God without seeing His hand move beforehand. And that faith is, uh, is needed in this day and time, and I think we're going to see days ahead of us. I don't know when, but I think as things begin to click down and as the Lord's getting ready to return, I think faith, uh, your faith in the Lord is going to be tested. I think your faith in the Lord is going to be, need to be strengthened. I think your faith in the Lord is going to be put on display and it's going to make a difference how you make it through this. Well, realize the importance of that faith in the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I think that many times we try to please God, but I think one of the greatest things that he wants us to please him with is to trust him, to have faith in him. Otherwise he wouldn't have said it, without faith it's impossible to please the Lord. And I think one of the things in people's lives today is that we've got to a place where we're trusting ourselves and we're trusting what we, we can pull a, a piece of plastic out of our billfold and we can swipe it when there's nothing in the bank and we worry about it later. Or we 
got all the government programs and we sign up for this and sign up for that and we want somebody else to take care of us. And the fact of it is, is that we need to be trusting the Lord. We need to be, have our faith in Him, not in man, not in what we can do, not in what we can produce, and not what the government can produce, and not what, what, the, what this, uh, uh, those around us can produce, but what God said that He would do, and we can trust Him. He's always been faithful to us. We need to be faithful to Him. Amen. And yet today we find people struggling. I'm talking about Christians now. I'm talking about Christians tonight. We find man struggling. We find Christians struggling. And most of it is because of a lack of faith on our part. Christians are weak and defeated because of their little faith in the Lord. You see, little faith brings fear. Notice what he said here in, in verse 26 of Matthew 8. He says, He saith unto them, Why are ye fearful? Why? He says, Why are you afraid? Why are you fearful here? And he goes on, he says, O ye of little faith. The disciples were afraid of the storm that arose because of their little faith. And here Jesus was in the back of the, of the boat there asleep on a pillow and, and they got worried and they began to wake him up and, they, and he, he said, wait a minute, why are you afraid? Christians today become fearful of the storms of the world because of their little faith. You see, it's almost like we get to church and it's almost like the preacher that came in, he was going to preach at, a, at a, a church he'd never preached at before. And a lady met him. She said, do you ever get scared when you're preaching? He said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, don't worry about it. She said, we're not expecting much. <laughs> the sad part is, is that one of our problems today is we don't expect much out of God. And that's not God's plan. That's not God's desire. He wants us to expect great and mighty things. He wants us to, 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 to have enough faith in Him that we can ask for big things and ask Him to do great and mighty things beyond uh, what we, what we uh, 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 can even imagine at times. You see, the storms of this world, these events, the health care, the wars, the economic problems, the illness. Boy, if you watch, if you watch the uh, stock market and it goes up and down, I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, you're going to have an ulcer. Well, preacher, that's got my, my 401k and it's got my Roth in it. And, and man, it goes up one day and it's down at the bottom, it's back up. It's like a roller coaster up and down. If you watch that, you need to go to the doctor and get something to settle your stomach. You better put your faith in the Lord and not your 401k. Say, well, preacher, what if it all gets wiped out? Has God taken care of you now? You haven't used it, have you? Okay. He's been meeting, he's been taking care of you right now and meeting the needs that you got now. Yeah, but preacher, I, I'm, I'm getting closer to retirement. Can I tell you something? We're all getting closer to heaven. Amen. The greatest retirement is going to be way out of this world. And that's where, our, that's where our hope should be. That's where, that's where our retirement uh, eyes should be upon is that, hey, listen, when we get to heaven. But we can talk about that. We can talk about China. We can talk about the Ukraine. We can talk about Russia. But let me say something. We don't need to be talking about all the problems. We need to be talking about the, the one that we can put our faith in. Amen. 
That's our problem. Sometimes we get so caught up in the problems and the, the difficulties of the world. And that's okay to talk about them. It's okay to think about it and, and to see what's going on and keep up with them. But my friend, can you, could, you just need to stop and say, you know what? There's problems, but boy, thank the Lord that he's here for me and I can put my faith and trust in him. I don't have to worry what, worry what the world's going to do. I can trust the Lord every single day. I can lay my head down at night and pillow my head knowing that if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm going to be in the presence of God. And if, if there's a problem happens tomorrow, if we get attacked by China or Russia, God's going to take care of me one way or another. Amen. I've had people say, aren't you afraid of a nuclear war? I don't look forward to it. I just hope that they're a real good shot and they land the first one right on top of me. Amen. <laughs> Why? Preacher, that's terrible. No. I just get to step over into glory. I think it was, I, I may be wrong on who it was, a, a big name preacher. I think it was John R. Rice. It might have been a different one. But a guy walked up behind him and stuck a gun in his back. He said, give me your money. He began to witness to him. He said, he said, you're crazy. He said, I can shoot you and kill you. He said, all you're going to do is put a hole in me big enough for me to get to heaven. He said, you can't scare me with heaven. So what did the guy do? He just turned around and left. He didn't like being witnessed to. <laughs> the fact is today in the world that we live, yes, there's problems. But my friend, if you let the problems and the difficulties, the health and the struggles, if you let that control you, it'll get you down. We need to increase our faith in Him who can calm the winds of the sea of our storms. And Jesus can bring a great calm. He said, then He rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. See, little faith brings doubt about God's ability when your faith is small, you begin to doubt what God can do and what God will do. I, you can talk to most people. Do you think God can do this? Oh, yeah. What do you think God could do this in your life? Oh, yeah. What do you think God could do this in your life? Oh, yeah. Do you think God will? Eh. I don't know. Doubt it. That's where our problem is. Our doubts. And our doubts come to a place where it brings about fear in our lives about all the things that can take place. And I think I've mentioned this before. My grandmother, and I, I love my grandmother. Um, oh, I love all my grandmothers. And, but my dad's mom was one of these that was always worried about something. If she didn't have something to worry about, she worried about not having something to worry about. She always knew, you talk about somebody, well, this happened or that happened. She always knew somebody that died from it. <laughs> I guarantee, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. And she was, she was always in, in, in a worry about things like that. Can I tell you something? Hey, listen, put your faith in the Lord. Amen. And trust Him in those things. And don't, don't let that stuff get you down. You say, preacher, shouldn't we be concerned? I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned, but I say that you ought to put your faith and trust in the Lord. Little faith brings about that doubt. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 31 says, Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, talking about here to Peter, and, he's, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter took his eyes off of the Lord. And I think one of the biggest problems that we got today in, in, for Christians, why, we, why we, our faith is so little and why we begin to fear is because we begin to take our eyes off of the Lord.
When you get so busy in life that you get your eyes off the Lord and you get your heart and mind off the Lord and you let the world begin to sink in and to soak in into your life. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be doubt come because you're going to be looking at all the numbers that's going out there. You're going to be looking at all the problems going out there. You're going to be looking at all the things that's being wrote up. And, and you've got this news media saying this. And you've got this news media saying this. And you've got the, this politician saying this. And this politician saying this. And you're just sitting there saying, I don't know what to think. Can I tell you what to think? Why don't you just trust the Lord? Amen. Yeah. You say, preacher, we've never been this through here before. No, but other people have. What we need to do is we need to begin to trust the Lord and follow Him. What do you think about, what about Stephen when, when he uh, stood up before uh, those men and, they, and he, he, he began to preach to them and he told, talked about the Lord and, and, and how they could be saved and everything and they began to run upon him and gnash upon him with their teeth, the Bible says. I mean, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty worrisome thing to have a bunch of guys come run at you with their teeth shining and want to chew on you. They took him out and stoned him. What did he do? He looked up into heaven. He seen Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he said, Father, don't hold this to their account. Why? Because he wasn't worried about going to heaven. He knew where he'd be. When we get our eyes off the Lord, our faith becomes weak. And we'll begin to sink into the doubts of this, of our unbelief. He said, well, preacher, i got a lot of faith right now. I got my, you know, I'm trusting the Lord and everything. Let me, let me give you a little warning. The warning is this. You say, well, preacher, my faith is strong. Your faith will not remain strong if you take your eyes off the Lord. You see, that faith is not just a one-time thing. That faith is to grow and increase and it will as long as you keep your eyes on the Lord. But when you take your eyes off the Lord and when you take your heart off the Lord and when you begin to do your own thing, that faith is going to drastically diminish real quick and there's going to be fear of this world and the, and the fear of life come back into your heart and life. Why? Because you go back to trusting yourself instead of trusting God. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. I've used the illustration, but I, I can't help but use it because it's so important. I, we, I, when I was a youth director now, down in Piedmont, youth pastor down there, we, we took our, our teens to what they call the ropes, and they have all kinds of different things that you have to do on those ropes. And I mean, it takes teamwork and it takes balance and different things and working together. That's the whole deal was to get you to learn to work together. And they had this log that was hung up there, and you climbed up on a platform, and they, they would line everybody up. The, the log would be about this high up, uh, the top of the log would be, and, and bottom down here, and everybody would line up on both sides, and they would tell you to walk across that log. Well, that log is suspended on ropes, and every time you take a step, it swings back and forth like that. And so uh, he, they was all talking. They said, who's going to be the first one? And I said, yeah, come on, you guys, get up there. And the guy looked at me, he said, Brother Haggett, you're first. I said, wait a minute. I said, you got all these teenagers down here. You think they're going to catch me if I fall off of that? He said, you're first. And he looked at me, and here's what he said. He said, whatever you do. He said, I'm going to be standing on the other platform. He said, whatever you do. He said, don't ever take your eyes off of me. He said, don't look down at the log. Don't look down at those teenagers. He said, you keep your eyes on me the whole time. And I thought, I can do this. I got on that platform. Log was good and still. I stepped out, and of course, first thing you do is feel this. 
And he said, keep your eyes on me. I said, I'm watching you. <laughs> and my head started bobbing a little bit too. And he said, no, nope, keep your eyes on me. Now my peripheral vision, I could see these teenagers, all my teenagers down there going, ha, 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 fall. I knew what was in their mind. And I walked a little farther out there, and it began, felt like this thing was swinging from horizon to horizon. And I thought, if I fall off this thing, then I'm going to be the laughing stock of all these teenagers. And I've wanted to look down. I've never wanted to look down so bad in all my life. I'm serious. And he kept standing over. He said, don't look down. Keep your eyes on me. And I walked all the way across that thing. And it took everything that I had within me to keep my eyes on him. Can I tell you something? You're walking in a world that's swaying back and forth all the time. And the Lord says, keep your eyes on me. He said, this walk is going to be a walk of faith. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust my voice. You've got to trust my leadership. You've got to trust the Word of God. You've got to trust the Holy Spirit of God. He said, keep your eyes on me. When we take our eyes off the Lord and we begin to look around, just like Peter, we begin to sink. The fear will come in. The doubts will come. And we will begin to stumble and we'll begin to sink. The Lord wants you and me to keep our eyes on Him. He wants us to follow His direction as He speaks to our hearts, as He leads us and He guides us through the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit guides us. You see, He's able to do above all that we ever ask of Him. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, He says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He's able to do not just what we ask, but even beyond that. Even beyond what we've ever seen. Some of us could, could testify and I'd say, Preacher, the Lord did this in my life. The Lord did this in my family. The Lord did this in my friend's life. The Lord did this and did this and did this. And, and some of the things we would even say, Wow, man, that's amazing. But he's able to do even abundantly above all those things. But we've got to have faith in him. Our faith and our trust has got to be in him. We've got to place that faith in him and, and not in ourselves. Mark chapter 9 verse 23 says, Jesus said unto them, if, ye, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Our problem is, is that we get our eyes on the world and we quit believing that God's going to do what he said he would do. He says, no, get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes back on me so that you can believe, so that you can trust me through the most difficult days of your whole entire life. He said, get your eyes on me. Little faith brings powerlessness in our lives. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. The disciples were powerless to cast out that demon out of that little boy because of their little faith. You and I, we need great faith in this day and time. Christians are struggling with sin and, and, and the wiles of the devil, and they seem powerless because of the little faith. Why are we seeing so many Christians that are falling away from the Lord? Why are we seeing the doors on churches closed? Why are we seeing uh, churches that are empty on, on Sunday nights and the lights are off? Why are we seeing uh, Christians who are, are not telling others about their salvation and how they can be saved? Why is it that we're, that we're standing back when people need Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you why. It's because of little faith and we're not walking with the Lord 
and trusting the Lord, we got to get back to that place of having great faith in the Lord again. Realizing that He can do great and mighty things beyond anything that we can even imagine. Beyond anything that we can, uh, that we can comprehend. Christians struggle with the sin. They struggle with powerless. They're powerless in their prayer lives. You ever get to a place where you feel like you're praying and just goes about to ceiling heights maybe if it even reaches that and just falls back to the floor? You seem like you're just words. I said, Preacher, why is that? There could be several reasons. One of them is, is because Satan is trying to keep you from drawing nigh to God. He wants to stop your prayer. He wants you to give up praying. It may be that your mind is twirling about so many different things that you're not really concentrating on what you're praying. And that's part of what Satan's trying to do. But the greatest tool that he wants to use in your life and my life when we're praying, and we feel that way many times, is he wants you to think, I don't think God's going to do this. And you're just saying words. You're not really trusting God. And you really, your faith is weak in what even you're praying as you call on the Lord. Have you been there? I've been there. Praying what I knew I was supposed to pray, but in little faith. And the Lord wants us to stretch out a little bit and by faith trust Him, <coughs> realizing great and mighty things that He can do, that we can see His hand move in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Powerless prayer many times today. Powerless witnessing. Because we don't believe God's going to deal with people's hearts. I, 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 I remember a time when, when, uh, me and a, when I was a youth pastor down there and I uh, took a fellow... Uh, with me and a young fellow with me he was in from college and he said hey there's such and such fella he said I really want to witness to him and we happened to be driving down through metropolis of Piedmont uh, of about 2300 and, and we, we was driving down through there and we seen at one of the, the gas stations there uh, a quick mark thing and he was stopped there and he was, was about ready to get back into his car and he had him a soda and, and he said there he is and we whipped in there and we begin to talk to him and begin to witness to him and, and begin to deal with him uh, uh, salvation and how he could receive Christ as his Savior and, and man he was there and his eyes was a flashing and he was, and he was, he was breathing a little bit hard and I, and I reached my pocket, pulled out a gospel track, handed him a gospel track. I said, well, thanks. I said, I will see you later. We got back in the, in the car and the fellow said, why didn't, you, why didn't you go ahead and try to get him to pray? I said, the Holy Spirit said, let him, just let him think on for a while. And two days later, that fellow was driving all over town looking for us and finally got on the phone and called this fellow. He said, I got to talk to you all. And I told, I told this, I said, God needs to get a hold of his heart. I said, if he does something for us, it's the wrong thing. Yeah. Holy Spirit's got to do his heart. He's got to get to a place where he's not praying a prayer for me. He's, he's wanting the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. And in about two, three days there, he, he, he finally hunted down old Jeff. And he, he called him and said, hey, listen. He said, uh, I need to talk to you guys. And, and, and we, we, he got with, with Jeff and he, he received Christ as his Savior. We need powerful witnessing again. You know why I did that? Because I knew that God would deal with his heart.
But sometimes we don't realize that and we think that we've got to do it all. We need to have faith in the Lord and trust Him. Now we're to do what we're supposed to do. We're to take the gospel. We're to be a witness. We're to be a testimony. We're to share the gospel with them. But my friend, the Lord's got to do the work in the heart and life. And we ought to have faith in that. Many times we're powerless not only in our prayer and in our witnessing, but also in our fight against our own flesh. Mark chapter 10 verse 27 says, Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, otherwise in your own flesh. But not with God, for with God all things are possible. He said, Preacher, I've got this habit of this thing, this problem going on, this thing that keeps besetting me. It's a besetting sin and I'm struggling with it and, and I just can't get victory over it. You know why? Because you're trying to do it in your flesh. You're trying to do it in your strength. You've got to turn this thing over to the Lord. You see, the Bible tells us that if we'll walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's God that we've got to trust, not ourselves. And it's got to be, we've got to have that faith in trusting Him to, to carry us through that. Say, preacher, what if I do that and I slip? Just get back up and ask the Lord to forgive you and, and keep on going for the Lord and trusting Him and by faith trying to follow. He said, well, what if I flip again? Then get up and pray and ask the Lord to forgive you and, and, and take that step again and keep trying to follow the Lord. And before long, you'll find that God has taken you a long distance because you keep getting back up and you keep trusting the Lord and you keep putting your faith in Him instead of yourself. When you put your, when you, when you're in that situation, you keep stumbling with the same besetting sin. Listen to me, listen to me. When you keep doing that, and you keep trying to do it in your own flesh, all it's going to do is discourage you, beat you down, and get you to a place where Satan wants to keep you smacked against the floor because you can't do it. You're going to have to put your faith in the Lord to help you through it and to trust Him. So often we get our eyes off the Lord. We've got to keep those eyes on the Lord and we've got to keep seeking the Lord. How soon we forget what God's done and what He's willing to do and that He's all power in our lives. You see, we limit the Lord by our little faith. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 15 says, And He did not many works, mighty works, be there because of their unbelief, because they didn't trust Him. They, 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 they looked at Him and they said, Isn't this uh, Mary's son and Jesus' son and, and He's one of us and everything? And they didn't believe. They didn't have faith that He was the Son of God. So He didn't do mighty works there. But just as the children of Israel in the wilderness, we doubt God and we limit Him in our lives and in the lives of others. Wayman, listen to me. Listen here. Listen. God is unlimitable. You cannot limit Him. The world, I said, the Lord can't, uh, uh, the world cannot limit God. Nothing can stop Him. The only thing that can limit God, listen, is you and me. You say, preacher, we're that powerful? No. It's because he's given us a choice to either trust him or not to trust him. To have faith or not to have faith. In our unbelief and in in, in lack of faith or little faith limits God. Just like the children of Israel, as they was wandering in the wilderness, 
the psalmist records this in Psalm 78. I'll just look at, pull a few verses here. Verse 19 says, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God? Can He? And really what it was was a lack of faith. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a people that God, they've seen God do all these uh, plagues on, uh, on the, the children of uh, the people of Egypt and, and seen how God brought them out and seen how that, that God had destroyed Pharaoh's armies and all in the, in the Red Sea. Seen the Lord open up the Red Sea and they walked across, not in the mud, but on dry ground. They've seen all these things. They've seen the pillar of cloud by, by day and the pillar of cloud by night that led them, that guided them, that protected them. They've seen that, that pillar of cloud come down between them and Pharaoh's army and keep them from coming up and where they were at. They've seen the Lord take that, that waters of the Red Sea and, and close it up on, on Pharaoh and destroy all them. They've seen all these things and how God had provided uh, of food for them and how he had brought water out of the rock and, and so on. But now they're saying, and they're saying, yea, they spake against God and said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Verse 22 says, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Verse 41 says, yea, they turned back and tempted, and tempted God. And notice what it says, and limited the Holy One of Israel. You see, your faith and my faith is what's going to limit God in our lives. And maybe the lives of others. When in reality God can do great and mighty things. Jeremiah 33 says, Call me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He said, I, I can do things that you, it can't even come into your mind. I can answer prayer that's even beyond your understanding. He says, but you're going to have to have faith in me. We need our faith increased. See, preacher, how do you increase your faith? By exercising it. Like the man with the son that needed help. We need to cry out unto the Lord there in Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. The Bible says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. The Lord knows where we are in our faith. And that's why we've got to continue, Lord. I believe you, you can do what you say you can do. But Lord, I, I'm struggling here. Would you help me? Would you help me? Lord, I've seen you do great things, but Lord, I, I'm really struggling here. Would you help me? Would you give me the faith to trust you in this? And what we're needing today is we're needing to remember. Remember what Peter said? He talked about remembering those things which he had taught, which they had seen in the past, which the different things. He said, remember. It would do us well to remember the hand of God, the mighty hand of God, how that he saved our souls, first of all. What all he did to bring us to that place of salvation. Remember what all he's done in your life and how he's answered prayer and the things that he's, how he's taken care of you thus far. Remember and go back and, and think about what he's done in the, in the scripture and all through the scripture. 
Think about others around you and the things. That I've, I've watched people's lives and seen how God done great and mighty things in people's lives and watch that. And it does me well sometimes just to stop when, 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 I, 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 when I'm facing something to remember what he's done in other people's lives. And he's promised that he would do it mine. So we're to remember. We're to put the word of God in our hearts and our mind to refresh that understanding of what God said he could do and to, to remind us of the promises of the Lord. Then we need to walk after the Spirit of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Because, my friend, we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. And the only way we can do that is by the Spirit of God keeping us trained upon Him. We've got to stay close in prayer. You know, one of the greatest things that you and I have that, that this world doesn't really have, and I'll explain this in a second, is prayer. See, well, preacher, anybody can pray. They can, but God won't hear it. What do you mean? He's waiting for them to pray to ask Him to come in their heart and life. But it's the children of God that's been called to pray and to seek the Lord. <clears throat> to pray and seek the Lord. We have something great and mighty. We have the prayer, we have the Word of God. We can go back and we can see what God has done, what He said He would do. And my friend, God has never broke a promise. Amen. And He never will break a promise. So we can trust Him. Trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from you. He says, trust me. Don't worry about all these things. Don't worry about what you see. Don't worry about what you're worried about. He said, trust me. Remember his great works, realize his promises, and keep, his, keep your eyes on him. William Carey, a pioneer missionary, said this. He said, undertake great things for God and expect great things from God. Undertake great things from God and expect great things from God. Instead of being like the lady that I mentioned earlier when the preacher came in and said, do you ever get scared when you come in to preach in a new church? And he said, yes, I do. And she said, don't worry about it. We're not expecting much. Our problem as Christians are, our faith is so small. We're not expecting much. What happened if we walk through those doors next Sunday expecting God to do great and mighty things in the hearts and lives of people. As it was this morning, auditorium full, kids downstairs. What would happen if we had enough faith to expect God to do something great? You say, preacher, it almost sounds like you're putting God on the spot. No. God put himself on the spot when he said, call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. But we've got to have enough faith to trust him. It's not blind faith. You know, a lot of people misunderstand faith. They think it's just something that you reach up and pull out of the air. Faith is not something that you reach up and pull out of the air. Faith comes by true and tested 
understanding. Say, so what do you mean? Did anybody walk in this auditorium and walk up to your seat and go, before you sit down? No. You've seen people sit in those chairs. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Those are made by man, and they can break. Now, all you need to go start coming in here and checking your seat before you sit down. But that's tried and true tested of faith. You do it every day. You get up, you go out, you get in your car, hit the starter on it. Probably very few, there might be a few weirdos in here. They go out, raise your hood, check everything, take a voltmeter, check your battery first, check all the fluids, take an air pressure gauge, check all your tires. Now, Jeff and I and some of us that drive buses, that's what we do before we drive a bus every morning. You may look that thing over and finally you crawl into the seat. Do you know why Jeff and I do that on those buses? Because we're required to. Because we're required to. Because we hold a CDL license. And if we're in an accident and that thing's not been checked off, we're in big, big trouble. But everybody else in this room, you go and stick the key in it and start it up, to try to start it up. And sometimes it just goes click and start your day off really good. The problem is, is that faith is not something you pull out of the air. So what are you saying, preacher? Get in the Word of God. Get on your knees. Begin to walk with the Spirit of God. Get your eyes on the Lord and get it off of this world and trust the Lord. And by faith, your faith will begin to grow and you'll begin to see great and mighty things. And as that faith grows, He'll give you opportunities to exercise more faith. As that faith grows, He'll give you opportunity to, ex to expand that faith and opportunities to, for your faith to grow. But you've got to keep your eyes on Him. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, there's great need of great faith in our day and time, Lord, in the troubles and the difficulties and things that we see in the world. We can get all upset about it or we can put our faith in you. Help us, Lord, to put our faith in you so that this world can see that our faith is in our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the God of heaven, Jehovah God. And not in man, not in man's programs, not in the government. But Lord, in you, they need to see that. And Lord, when we face death, when we face struggles, when we face difficulties, when we face sickness, when we face all these things, may we face them with faith, trusting and knowing that you'll do what's right. Have your will way in this invitation. Or there may be some here tonight that maybe they've never put their faith and trust in you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that they would come. Lord, though we did not preach a salvation message, let them come, Lord. May they come so that we can take a Bible and show them how they can receive Jesus Christ and have a God that cares about every need in their lives. And Lord, I pray that you be with each of us. Lord, all across this auditorium, there's people going through struggles. Give them faith. Help them to trust you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?